0: Well, here we are, already at the second Sunday in Advent. Christmas is coming so quickly. A time when we will remember the coming of Emmanuel and pray for Christ to return. Well, this is a time of, uh, of lots of eating and celebrating. And what Christmas foods do you look forward to? Last week we looked at Christmas cookies, and I'm pretty sure that most people look forward to them. But there are some Christmas foods that, you know, that they depend on your heritage. There was a friend of mine um, who was full-on Italian. And his dreams of of Christmas were not of uh, sugar plums or sugar cookies. His dreams were of his mom's homemade ravioli. And I thought, that's just weird. But I have to confess, it's not nearly as weird as uh, what I look forward to each year, Lefsa and Ludafisk. <laughs> My friend Otto and I used to hit the Lutefisk circuit in west central Minnesota. You know, it seems like every little town had a Lutheran church that would have a Lutefisk dinner sometime around Christmas time. And we would, uh, we would hit these places, and it was funny because you'd see the same people. You'd be a place 40 miles away, and it would be the same people there. Uh, making the rounds, and you no, know, Lutherans are smart because they cook their, their lutefisk at church so they don't have to stink up their houses, <laughs> and Otto and I would drive to these churches, but COVID has left a crushing blow because most of these churches have canceled their lutefisk dinners again for another year. Oh, maybe they might have takeout, but I mean, who really wants to get home with lukewarm lutefisk? So, once again, Otto and I can't get our annual Christmas fix of lye-soaked gelatinous fish swimming in butter, along with dry potato tortillas, also known as lefsa. How many of you have eaten lutefisk? Wow, that's a lot. My next question is Why? I mean, really, why? Who in their right mind would take a perfectly good piece of fish, dry it out till it's tough as, a sh- as shoe leather, then soak it in lye, the same thing in drain cleaner soaps and biodiesel, then rinse it off and call it a Christmas treat? Well, Norwegians and Swedes would do that, at least the ones in America. For those of Scandinavian heritage, eating lefse and lutefisk at Christmas time reminded those immigrant families of where they came from. It was a taste of home. And I'm told that, that modern Norwegians have long since moved on to better-tasting holiday foods. But those of, of us of Scandinavian heritage continue to eat that old lutefisk and lefse because in some ways it's a connection to the past. It reminds us of who we are. It's a part of our shared story. It's our cultural DNA. Well, not everyone is willing to eat Ludafisk to discover their heritage, but whole industries have arisen to help people discover where they come from, what their heritage is. There's 23andMe and Ancestry.com and, and DNA. In fact, some of you might receive for Christmas a DNA kit to help you discover what your heritage is, where you come from. Or maybe someone will will offer you a genealogy research. I got a, a gift of that one time, and discovered that I'm not only Norwegian, Irish, and English like I knew. I also have a little bit of French in me. I mean, we all want to know who we are, and. The people wanted to know who Jesus was too. His heritage was important to those Jews who were longing for their Messiah like we talked about last week. The Messiah that would come from the line of David. And that's why Matthew starts off his Christmas story not with angels and shepherds and wise men but with the genealogy of Jesus. Here's how Matthew starts. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, Perez the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Abinadab, Abinadab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Solomon, Salmon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse was the father of King David. Remember, we heard that scripture last week, that prophecy that a shoot from the stump of Jesse will rise, will be the Messiah. There's Jesse, the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife, Solomon the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam the father of Abiah, Abiah the father of Asa, Asa the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat the father of Jehoram, Jehoram the father of Uzziah, Uzziah the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of Ahaz, Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Ammon, Ammon the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. Now we got up to about 500 years before Jesus. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shetel, Shetel the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel the father of Abiad, Abiad, the father of Eliakim, Eliakim the father of Azor, Azor the father of Zadok, Zadok the father of Akim, Akim the father of Elihud, Elihud the father of Eleazar, Eleazar the father of Mathan, Mathan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who's called the Messiah. So... How often do you read that as part of the Christmas story? Probably about as often as you have Ludafisk. Like, never. We skip over these genealogies because we think they're boring. And for Matthew's audience, Jesus' genealogy was far from boring because it said who he was, where he's from, Matthew writes to a Jewish audience and that audience wanted to know Jesus' heritage because it would answer their questions. And Matthew explains how Jesus can trace his roots back to the very beginning of the Jewish people, back to Father Abraham, and he gets there through King David. When it says Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham, it's not saying that that david and and abraham were his father and grandfather it's saying that he is in their family line that that's his heritage he's a descendant of them it's his ancestry and in typical jewish fashion of the day the line is traced back through the men but did you notice the the different women that show up into that genealogy. This would have been very odd for women to show up in a genealogy of the day, but Matthew includes a number of women. He talks about Tamar, who seduced her father-in-law to get pregnant. He mentions Boaz's mom, Rahab, who was a Canaanite prostitute. Obed's mom, Ruth, was a foreigner from Moab, and Solomon's mom, was Uriah's wife until David slept with her and sent Uriah off to the front in the war to be killed. Now you would think if Matthew was going to, going to mention some women, that if he was going to go to those lengths to call them out, he would have, have picked the most noble, the most uh, remarkable, and the least controversial people. But instead he picks these messy, complicated women. It's as if he, if he want, it's as if he wants to emphasize that Jesus comes from a family just like yours and mine. Messy, complicated, with victims and perpetrators, with, with people that are, are insiders and people that are outsiders, people you admire, and people that you wish weren't in there. Families are like that even Jesus. And Matthew's genealogy says to the Jewish people, Jesus is one of us. He's got that same crazy, messed up heritage that that we do. A heritage that goes all the way back to the very beginning of the people of Israel. Back to Abraham. So that's Matthew's genealogy. Luke also has a genealogy. Don't worry, I'm not going to read it all. And Luke's genealogy is different. See, Luke isn't writing to a Jewish audience. Luke was traveling with Paul around the the Greek world. And he gives a genealogy that doesn't stop with Abraham, but goes all the way back to Adam, to the very beginning of people. It starts off, now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry, he was the son, so it was thought, of Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of Mathet, the son of Levi, the son of the son of Jani, son of Joseph, etc., etc., the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Luke's genealogy says that Jesus belongs to all of us. His heritage goes all the way back to the beginning of people, to Adam. And then John goes back even further. John gives a very brief genealogy, a genealogy that goes back before Adam, before creation. His gospel starts this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John's genealogy says that not only is Jesus one of us, but Jesus is also God. The word of God made flesh. These are Jesus' roots. It's why he can be Emmanuel, God with us. And Jesus, who will save his people from their sins, as the scriptures tell us. If he were not from the line of David, if he were not the Jewish Messiah, if he were not the Son of God, then all these other stories about Jesus wouldn't mean anything. He couldn't be our Savior. He couldn't be our Lord. See, Jesus' roots are important, and so are ours. I don't mean whether you're Norwegian or Korean or or Mexican, I mean our deepest, deepest roots, the ultimate story of who we are. Because if you dig deep, you'll discover something even more surprising than your DNA. You'll discover that we are not from here, or from Africa, or, or Asia, or Europe, our citizenship our homeland is god's heavenly kingdom philippians chapter 3 verse 20 says this but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there the lord jesus christ as a christian the bible's 23 and me test says not that you're 30% Norwegian and 50% East African and 20% Native American. The Bible's 23andMe test says you are 100% a citizen of God's kingdom. Here on earth, we're just pilgrims. We're just immigrants. And like the Norwegians longing for the Ludafisk of their homeland, we long for our home with God. The book of Hebrews in the Bible, talks about all those who live by faith in the hundreds of years between when they heard about the coming of the Messiah and when that first Christmas happened. We talked about that last week, how it was 700 years between Isaiah's prophecy of, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 700 years of history between that promise and the birth of Jesus. And Hebrews says that that all during that time, our ancestors in faith had to live by faith, trusting that the Messiah would come even if he didn't come in their lifetime. And Hebrews says that they also lived with the realization that this life, this world is not their home. They were just passing through immigrants, and visitors. Listen to uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. They may not have known when the Messiah would come, but they knew that their home was with God. And so who are you? What is your heritage? Where is your homeland? As a Christian, you are 100% a citizen of God's kingdom. More than that, your spiritual DNA tells you that not only are you a citizen of God's kingdom, you are a member of God's family. 1 John chapter 3 says this, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. That is what we are. And it goes all the way back to our great, 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 when you get the picture, it goes back to the very beginning. Remember when in chapter 1 of Genesis, where people are created. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Every one of us, no matter what country we come from, no matter what language we speak, what color our skin, what gender, what background, what traditions we hold on to, every one of us is from God. And through Jesus Christ, we can know God and return to God as part of his heavenly kingdom. That's our story. That's who we are. We are children of God. We are citizens of heaven. And don't let anyone ever tell you anything different. And don't put yourself down either. You are a child of God. And me too. And that makes us brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles, nieces and nephews. We are all part of God's family. Ancestry.com might say that we have different families, but Ancestry.God says that we belong to the same family, whether you eat lutefisk or ravioli. Mm -hmm. We are part of God's family. And wouldn't it be nice if we treated each other that way? No matter what? A few weeks ago you might have caught the story of a grandmother who accidentally invited a complete stranger to Thanksgiving dinner. She thought she was texting her grandson, but five years ago, Wanda Dench sent a text that instead of going to her grandson, went to another young man, 17-year-old student named Jamal Hinton. He texted back, you're not my grandma. And, and, then, he, and then he teased her and said, can I still get a plate though? And, and she said, sure you can, that's what grandmas do. We feed everybody. And so Jamal went. And they had such a good time that Grandma Wanda, as he calls her now, invited him back the next year and the year after that. The last year, 2020, was a tough year because both Wanda and her husband got COVID and her husband didn't make it. And so the the Thanksgiving dinner was, was pared down to just immediate family. It was Wanda and her daughter and that grandson who was supposed to get the text, and Jamal and his girlfriend. Now, I don't know what 23 and me would say about their DNA, but I know that Wanda would tell you that they're family. The Bible says that we're family too, brothers and sisters in Christ, children of God. May we treat each other as such the Christmas story, and even these genealogies, they connect us to our family story, the story of salvation, the story that runs all the way from Jesus back down to to creation and even beyond. We belong to God's family, and God went to extravagant lengths, even coming as one of us to remind us of that and to bring us home. I don't know what your family Christmas traditions are, but they're wonderful things, even less than lutefisk, or whatever it is that that you use to celebrate. But no matter what we use, no matter what foods we eat, we're all part of God's family, children of God, and brothers and sisters of each other in Christ. And that's even better than lepsa and lutefisk. Well, I wanted to end today by giving you advice of where you could go to find a lutefisk dinner. But I could not find a lutefisk dinner. Uh, all, all of the churches um, have canceled again for this year in the area that I could find. Um, and so you're just going to have to wait another year. So in, instead I'll just uh, end with a, uh, a lutefisk joke. What do the Minnesota Vikings and Ludifus have in common? They both can stink up the place. So, okay. Do you know there's a website uh, called Groners where you can find these really bad jokes? Well, anyways. Let us pray. God, we thank you for the, the family traditions that we have whether we look forward to them with joy or, or maybe with dread, but we thank you for those things that connect us to the past and connect us to each other. But Lord, you remind us that we are all part of one family in Christ Jesus, that we are connected to your mighty acts of salvation throughout the Bible, throughout history that you've made us one in the Lord. So Lord, help us to, to live that out, the way we treat each other, in the way that we welcome one another. Despite what we look like, may we come together as family, like Wanda and Jamal. And Lord, if there's someone out there who's struggling and hurting, Thanks they have no family, no one to care for them. May they find in us generous friends and a seat at our table. We pray this in your name.